on this week's dose we are back to the old traditional episode after a long stretch of interviews feels good huh yes indeed feels great to hop back in the saddle with you partner and although the saddle is virtual this time around the energy is certainly real indeed Kicking things off, we'll break down Paradromics, the leading developer of high data rate brain-computer interfaces, otherwise known as BCIs, hot off their $33 million Series A led by Prime Movers Lab. We will then get into Uncommon Bio, which just announced a $30 million Series A led by Balderton Capital and Lower Carbon Capital. The company, formerly known as Higher Stakes, great name there, you'll, you'll understand why, is taking a unique approach to producing pork products from a lab. And next, you'll hear about Builder.ai, which just announced a $250 million Series D, led by QIA, otherwise known as the Qatar Investment Authority, to push new boundaries for its AI-powered composable software platform. And to wrap up this week's episode, stick with us for a breakdown on Ecovative, hot off a $30 million Series E, led by Viking Global Investors. The company develops materials and food using a pilgrim favorite. That's right. <laughs> mushrooms are back. But this company does it at a whole new scale. <laughs> Nothing better than a couple of fun guys breaking down the most innovative startups in the game. Ain't that right? <laughs> You know that's right. And with that, let's line them up and break them down for this week's dose. The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein by the hosts and their guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast should not be construed as reflecting the views or implied endorsement of independent brokerage solutions, LLC, or any of its officers, employees, or agents. The statements made herein should not be considered an investment opinion, advice, or recommendation regarding securities of any company. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a security. Is he here, kid? You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. All right, leading things off for this week's dose, we have Paradromics, the leading developer of high data rate brain computer interfaces, BCIs for short, which just raised a $33 million Series A led by Prime Movers Lab, joined by Westcott Investment Group, Dolby Family Ventures, and Green Sands Equity. The Austin-based startup also recently achieved breakthrough medical device designation from the FDA, so parlaying some great news together here. This rare designation offers an expedited review process for transformative medical products with the potential to treat irreversibly debilitating conditions. Goes without saying that this company has the chance to have a massive impact, something you and I always love to highlight, Sam. Yeah, no, not to not to make light of the impact, which we'll get into, but you got to love a good BMDD from the FDA. Am I right? <laughs> uh, every time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. But but kind of locking into the serious mode here, this is addressing, you know, a lot of serious conditions like ALS, spinal cord injury and stroke, which can cause severe motor impairment and affect people's ability to communicate. 
Many of the patients have intact, highly active brains, but they may struggle to simply speak or use even a computer, which oftentimes relies on slow, frustrating gaze tracking systems. Right. And that's where Paradromics enters the scene here with their breakthrough medical device, which is called the Connexus Direct Data Interface. So the first application of this device is an assistive communication device that translates brain signals into speech and movement in real time, thereby restoring social connection and enabling independent engagement with technology for people that are dealing with these debilitating conditions. Right. And beyond assistive communication, BCI has the potential to address a range of currently unmet medical needs. And to highlight the size of just one category of that, treatment-resistant mental illness alone represents an estimated U.S. market of $240 billion. That's crazy. That's crazy. And like you said, that's just the tip of the iceberg with the potential applications and problems that BCIs can treat. So along with the debilitating conditions that we mentioned above, this technology could also revolutionize the treatment of neurological and brain-related conditions ranging from sensory deficits to mood disorders, which would allow millions of people to live happier, healthier, and more enriching, fulfilling lives. Tons to be excited about here with Paradromics, and this new funding is going to help them launch their first inhuman clinical trial for the Connexus Direct Data Interface. Yeah. So, you know, obviously a hot topic. We can dive into some of the lesser known and more well-known competitors in the BCI space. First that comes to mind is Precision Neuroscience, which mm -hmm. recently raised a $41 million round back in January of this year. You've also got BlackRock Neurotech, which has traditionally led the way in the space for decades. And then a couple of more well-known companies, maybe not as many know of Synchron, which has been backed by Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, but the most notable being Elon Musk's Neuralink. So a lot of activity in this space. And I think we could take this a lot of different ways. You know, a lot of people like to speculate, oh, what, what, you know, sure, this technology will start by doing good and helping people with conditions like this. But there are concerns, of course, about where this goes, the, the, the ethics behind this type of technology, and just the general transition and trend of wearables, you know, eventually becoming interfaced with the brain. It's a, it's a scary and exciting all at the same time, new technology. Mm -hmm. No, and it totally is. I appreciate you raising the concern. But at least in the short term, I think this is a situation where this intense competition in the BCI space is actually a good thing. Kind of we were, when we were talking about this company, it reminded us of Freewater, which mm -hmm. is some of these competitors will rise, some of them will sink, but ultimately they're all striving to provide the best possible solution for people with debilitating conditions, people that only serve to benefit from the improvement of BCIs. So it's an exciting space in that regard. But I do agree with you in terms of, you know, implants down the line. That's something that similar to Elon Musk's take on artificial intelligence. It's something that needs to be monitored and somewhat controlled. Yeah, you, you read my mind there and we didn't even discuss that before, but <laughs> I, I was thinking exactly the same thing. You know, you'd like to think that these folks can band together. There can be regulations put in place with with the betterment of of people in mind and not to let technologies like this get out of control, like a black mirror episode. Right. And so right. you just, you just never know, you know, with AI, I think it's a little bit different, so fast developing and seemingly out of control at some points, whereas this is very controlled. 
you know, clearly a lot more regulation in place to, you know, hoops to jump through for lack of a better way of putting it. So that gives me, you know, that makes me a little bit more confident in how this technology will develop to truly help people and improve lives. Yeah. Well said. Okay. So our second company of this week's dose is Uncommon Bio, and they were formerly known as Higher Stakes, just announced a $30 million Series A led by Balderton Capital, as well as Lower Carbon Capital. Balderton's a firm out of the United Kingdom, and a little bit lesser known probably to most of our listeners. Lower Carbon, one of the premier investors in the climate sort of impact investing space. And the round also saw participation from several other firms in addition to some high profile angels like Sam Altman. Speaking of AI, yeah. you know, founder of OpenAI. So he's a pretty prominent angel investor, if I recall correctly. And so what Uncommon Bio is doing is they're working on lab grown meat and specifically within pork based products. Right. Hot topic and increasingly crowded space over the past couple of years. Uncommon is amongst many companies looking to address the unsustainable aspects of today's food production system, a lot of which can be boiled down to the meat industry. So it's no secret that meat production as it stands today is a huge contributor to climate change. And approximately 15% of CO2 emissions come from the livestock industry alone, which is a clip on par with the transportation industry, which is Truly remarkable. Yeah, I think that's like a lesser known thing. I think you and I probably knew that, but maybe mm -hmm. the average person doesn't really realize that the meat that they're eating is actually, you know, on par with the cars that they're driving when it comes to contribution to climate change. And so, of course, we've all heard about the plant-based alternatives to our favorite meaty treats, but they aren't quite the same. And, you know, it, it leads many innovators in the space to wonder, you know, is there a more sustainable, cheap way to produce the same meat and in this case, the same bacon and other pork based products that we know today through a lab based process? And well, that's what Uncommon is setting out to do. Exactly. And they have a truly impressive team of doctors and experts in the field. I think we could have endlessly kept scrolling on their website, just reviewing all the different doctors and experts listed on the team. But this network of experts have worked together to develop a process unlike other companies in the space. And the technique actually leverages mRNA technology, which is probably familiar to most of us in light of the recent COVID vaccines and all of the science that was coming out around that. But essentially, the mRNA allows them to train the meat cells to become different types of tissues, like fat versus muscle, lean meat versus fatty meat. Of course, that is a crude oversimplification of the science behind the scenes here, but at large, they're leveraging mRNA technology, which allows them to massively reduce the amount of material needed to scalably produce some tasty, sizzling lab bacon. <laughs> oh, baby, I could just smell it now. <laughs> Another key component here to make note of is that countries around the world are generally cracking down on genetically engineered food. The effects and the safety are not widely known. Maybe I'm not as well versed in this, but what we did learn from the article we have linked here is that Uncommon's approach doesn't actually involve genetic engineering. So again, a, a very oversimplified explanation of their approach. <laughs> it kind of circumvents that hurdle, which will allow them to be well positioned in this market as it 
becomes a market, right? The the market today, it's basically just Singapore. They're the only country that allows food like this to be sold commercially. And so that for Uncommon is going to be first in high-end restaurants um, in those countries that continue to join Singapore, hopefully for them in the future. And then eventually also in two supermarkets in a, in a wider distribution strategy. That's kind of their plan moving forward. And, and it's really just coming down to getting this into the mouths of of hungry pork eaters, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a great plan moving forward. It's it's interesting to me that Singapore is the first country allowing the sale and consumption, especially in their high end restaurants, of this lab grown meat. But this will be a fun one to keep tabs on. I do wonder what the stigma or you know reputation will be of lab grown meat because it's still a blooming field. We've we've covered some companies like lab grown fish meat type of products. Um, but it's mm -hmm. still, you know, I feel like the science is still a work in progress. And that's one hurdle. And then the next hurdle is actually making people convinced that they should be eating that right. Um, and that's yeah. partially what we saw even with plant based alternatives, like, it was a great idea, some people flocked to it. But some people were also resistant and still are resistant, especially once you see, you know, what might be going on under the hood with these plant based alternatives. So curious to yeah. follow along with this journey here. No, definitely. I think at the end of the day is, you know, if it's allowed in the country and if it looks like bacon, tastes like bacon, smells like <laughs> bacon, you know, I think I think it'll work out. So that's a lot of a lot of ifs, but right. I think they're on the right track and with with their kind of unique approach, they're going to be well positioned. Yeah, I think we're we're not too far away from a day where you go to a diner for breakfast and get lab-grown eggs and bacon. <laughs> Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> Waffle Lab, <laughs> <laughs> a new branch One of Waffle day. House that has only lab-grown <laughs> delicacies and <laughs> wonderful meals. <laughs> and the griddle is still always broken. <laughs> <laughs> coming, coming to a highway, <laughs> coming to a highway rest stop near you. Coming to a southeastern state near you. <laughs> Uh, all right. <clears throat> For our third company on this week's dose, we have Builder.ai, which just announced a $250 million Series D led by the Qatar Investment Authority, the QIA, to push new boundaries for its AI-powered composable software platform. The round also included participation from new and existing investors, such as Iconic Capital, Jungle Ventures, and Insight Partners. This raise comes only a few weeks after news broke that Builder AI had landed a strategic collaboration with Microsoft, which included an undisclosed equity investment in the startup. Very limited details around this partnership, but certainly good news for the Builder AI team. Mm -hmm. A little nugget of insight we have into this partnership, though, is that Builder's Natasha AI platform will be available to users of Microsoft Teams, which eclipsed more than 280 million monthly active users. And that's just one use case amongst several other potential collaborations betwixt the two companies. A great, great word there. And, and more importantly, uh, <laughs> an, an incredible partnership there. I mean, not too many startups get a deal like that done. So we'll be looking for details on what that looks like. A little bit more on the raise. This puts the startup at over $450 million in total funding to date. And so 
you know, the company was established in 2016 and they continued to lead the industry with their AI powered composable software platform that allows anyone with an idea to build an app, a web app or a mobile app faster and 70% more affordably than traditional methods. The AI powered assembly line fuses together Lego like reusable features using building blocks, which is their trademark automation to reduce human effort, leveraging a verified network of experts to vastly extend development capabilities and producing apps at almost zero failure rate that are multitudes cheaper and faster than traditional software development. So all around a more efficient, easier to use process to build apps. It sounds super cool. Right. And that was quite a paragraph, definitely easy to get a little lost in the weeds there. But I think an easy analogy, at least for me, is that Lego-like reusable features. Mm -hmm. That's like an instantly, okay, I can picture that. A little more on that end is that the platform is actually designed to be so simple and accessible that everyday businesses and individuals can turn their ideas into software as easily as ordering a pizza. And that is a direct quote from the blog post that announced Builder's $250 million Series D. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy if, you know, I... <laughs> right. <laughs> between building Lego and ordering pizza, they've established, you know, some common ground with people who may not be very technical in regard to AI software automation. Right. Yeah. I can get behind pizza and Legos. I think most, most people could. Sounds the like company... a good Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly does. The company's right. next big focus is on using human conversation as the primary user interface for allowing people to build the software rather than the expert-laden white canvas systems we're used to seeing in traditional no-code and low-code products. Right. And now just to highlight a little bit of the traction and growth that Builder has been displaying is with customer demand at an all-time high and AI advancing every day, new frontiers are being pushed, as Sam and I have highlighted on a weekly basis here. The company has almost doubled its headcount since January 2022. Additionally, they've experienced 2.3x revenue growth and over 40,000 features deployed to customers within the past year. Wow. The startup also has partnerships with JP Morgan and Chase, as well as Etisalat UAE, which is an Emirati-based multinational telecommunications service provider that currently operates in 16 countries across Asia. And they also, as we mentioned, have that partnership with Microsoft and other enterprises. Mm -hmm. Additionally, the company has offices in the United Kingdom, the United States, the UAE, as well as Singapore and France. Yeah, all the I mean, that's the trifecta of United. That's <laughs> right. a, yeah, I mean, they're that's great. <laughs> operating, no, operating on a united front, building a united front, shall we say. Builder AIs, you know, clearly they're legit, you know, they're growing fast. It it will be cool to see where they go from here as they leverage that massive partnership with Microsoft. I think that's to me the biggest takeaway. And I'm sure they're super excited about that. And only only will vastly accelerate the improvement of their product as they get millions of users and all that data will be so, so valuable hard to quantify but i'm sure that that was exciting for the investors as they got to announce that with this round or, or very very shortly after they announced this round so we'll be keeping tabs on that right. and hopefully you know get to get to try it out build a new build a venture pill app or something yeah and to sprinkle on just a little more context here 
with the emergence of software and AI that everyone has been aware of recently, this kind of feels like a selling the shovels and picks play where they're, mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily their product is helping you build something. So it's kind of an interesting approach to a very competitive, saturated, increasingly changing, evolving field, being able to empower regular people like you and I, who are smart enough to order a pizza to be able to develop a very customizable software that, you know, can be used for business purposes, for podcast purposes, personal fantasy football draft, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it gets me excited about <laughs> just small, small businesses, right? There's, there's millions of mm -hmm. small business owners out there that may fall behind, but I think this, this helps them stay ahead and, and keep up. So awesome. With so many use cases, probably endless, but that, that's one that gets me excited. All right, our last company of this week's episode is Ecovative. They just announced their $30 million Series E. And I have to say, I don't think we've covered too many Series E's. So that, that's notable of this one. Viking Global Investors led this round, also had participation from Standard Investments, Footprint Coalition Ventures, and AIIM Partners. Now, this brings their total raised to date to $120 million, and that's over the course of about 16 years, 15 million of this raise is to be invested, reinvested into its My Forest Foods subsidiary, which we'll get into a little bit more of the, the different arms of this business at large. Right. And just before we do that, we'll give a little bit of a background, the story of Ecovative here. So back in 2007, Evan Bayer and Gavin McIntyre were students and shared the idea of making materials out of mushrooms, more specifically out of mycelium. Soon thereafter, they founded Ecovative, and this was the first company to commercialize this novel idea. Gotta say, I don't know if we have any companies that predate 2010 in terms of original founding. So no. this one's this company is notable for a variety of reasons. Yeah, no, a really unique one. That's what caught my attention when I was searching for a good one to round out this week's dose. And a little bit more about kind of their three main subsidiaries of the business. The first is the Mycelium Foundry, uh, which is their full service developer arm for commercial mycelium based products that partners with other businesses to customize to their needs. And there's a lot of different applications and types of material products that they can help them create. The other two are MyForest Foods and Forager. MyForest Foods, which you mentioned half of the funding is going towards, is their food subsidiary focused clearly on making mushroom based food products which we have covered in the past for the loyal pilgrims out there that will remember <laughs> our talk about <laughs> mushrooms. So it was good to, good I don't to know get what back you're talking into... about. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one forager is their arm that focuses on materials, which to me was the, the coolest part, right? They produce high quality materials at scale for a variety of industries, namely textiles and clothing, packaging, and much more. So pretty cool what they're doing with such a wide array of applications. Right. And the main idea with these applications is that these industries have traditionally relied on the usage of highly unsustainable materials. Think of plastic, which pollute the earth and contribute to the ever increasing waste problem that we have. And so the counterpart to that is that mycelium based products are biodegradable, but you don't have to compromise on the form or the function of the product. And the applications are nearly endless, as is highlighted by these three subsidiaries that Ecovative is working on. What comes to mind, interestingly, is actually bamboo. I think similarly, it's finding mm -hmm. 
an emerging use case for its products, which has been pretty cool to see. Yeah. And it's also similarly biodegradable, it can be used in you know materials and productions. Don't think there's particularly a food market for bamboo, but we'll see what science has in store for us on, <laughs> on that end. And so this isn't necessarily a novel idea, right? As Sam mentioned, we've covered companies in the past that are making mushroom-based products and derivatives of food products. So what's the one big differentiator here? Well, it's their production facility and their process. So they have air mycelium, that's the name of their process, which is what allows them to scale up production to a point that it's actually commercially viable and makes sense for them to proceed with using mycelium in all these different applications. It's kind of an interesting scenario here where they're not really honing in on one specific field. They've kind of hedged their bets. So it is in one sense, feels like they're spreading out their bets. Their likelihood of one of these three will you know, stick to the wall. But on the other hand, it's like, are you stretched too thin already that you aren't going to be able to be commercially viable in any of these fields? So it'll be interesting to see. It's definitely of something that needs to be considered for every company, like certainly with startups when you're just getting your legs underneath you. But nonetheless, for the sake of sustainability and the environment, certainly rooting for and excited to see how Ecovative's future unravels. Another fun dose. Pleasure being back in the saddle with you, partner. And to our listeners out there, if you're not already following us on our social media platforms, please go ahead and do that as you're listening to this. Best way to stay in touch with what we're doing daily content, everything you could want and more out of your two favorite pilgrims. So let's keep the pilgrim army strong and solidified here and growing. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little okey, okey, dokey. That's alright, but wait, I don't know how to do it.